Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, E. Vandervliet, with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to this segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vandervliet here with his trusted canine co-host, Woody. He's here for most shows. If you want to give a shout-out to Woody, email Woody at thepblpodcast at gmail.com. Somewhere on the website, thepblpodcast.com, is a picture of Woody. He's a handsome dog. He's a handsome dog. He is a little bit camera shy, but he is a handsome dog. Hey, in this episode, I'm going to go a different route than normally. Normally, what I do in this episode, I talk about some current events, what's going on politically in our world, you know, how the media kind of just gives you part of the story, not the whole story, uh, how the media is pretty much aligned with the left, how the Democrats are pretty much aligned with the left. So in this particular episode, what I want to do is I want to walk through leftism versus classic liberals. And because I hear all the time when I'm listening to other podcasts or the news media, I hear them use the word liberal all the time. And I, you know, there's not very many liberals out there anymore, at least not in politics. Let's put it that way. There are a lot of classic liberals in our society uh, among us, but there are very few classic liberals or liberals in general in political office right now. Now, if there were, they, they normally would have resided in the Democrat Party. But the Democrat Party has been taken over by the left. There are no liberals in the Democrat Party, at least none that I can think of. If you know of some, please, by all means, uh, email me and, and let me know. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can put it in the comment section. I'd love to know of a current Democrat politician who is a classic liberal. I don't know of any. And I, I really, if there are some, I want to watch them. I want to look. I want to look at their platform. I want to look at what they're doing, and and I want to watch them. Hey, I may even give them some shout out. So let's talk about classic liberals versus leftism. And I I'll, I'll stop. I'll, I'll drop the classic part. We'll just say liberal liberalism and versus leftism. Here's an article from the Daily Signal, and the title is "Leftism is Not." liberalism. Here are the difference. And this is from Dennis Prager. And Dennis Prager, he is a conservative. There's no doubt about that. But he, he wrote a pretty good piece. And this is, um, you know, he wrote this back in September 12th of 2017. But nothing's changed since then. There, the definitions of liberalism versus leftism is still the same. So in, in this article with Dennis Prager, well, the first question he has in the article is, what is the difference between leftist and liberal? Now, before I get into his article, I am online on this social media site. It's called rightnation.us. I believe you can also find it rightnation.com. I've been on this site for quite a long time. A little embarrassed sometimes to say how long I've been on the site. It, it, it's a conservative site that started out called Hollywood Halfwits. And uh, I, I was first interested in it because, you know, at the time, and this was a long time ago, at the time, uh, the, 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 Hollywood elite were just so far out there. They were so wacky. This guy put together this site called Hollywood Halfwits, and he starts talking about all these stupid things Hollywood people did when they tried to dip their toe into politics. And we still see that, by the way. 
there's still a lot of Hollywood halfwits out there. Alyssa Milano being one that I can think of right off the top of my head, but there are many. Cher is one of those. Um, I mean, gosh, the list is just, I mean, the list is so long. There, you, you might as well call out the conservatives in Hollywood versus all the halfwits in Hollywood. But anyway, I digress. So I went on this site and it was cute. It was fun. And uh, the, you know, the, there was banter back and forth. And I didn't start posting until um, George Bush, George W. Bush went to Iraq for Thanksgiving. And the left just viscerated him for that. I mean, they just viscerated him for that. So I finally got the nerve to post on this website. But at the time, I don't know if it was they switched the name to rightnation.com or .us from Hollywood Halfwits. But I finally made a, you know, was brave enough to post. And that was the beginning of it for me to get involved heavily into opining, if you will. But there's a member on that site. Uh, he goes by the moniker Monty Python. And Monty is a classic liberal. And Monty taught me, as well as many other members of the site, really the difference between classic liberalism and leftism. Uh, because he would challenge us all the time. When we'd get up there and we'd say, when we were posting that, that this person's a liberal, liberal this, liberal that, Monty would always challenge, hey, and he was always so good at it. He was so, it's such a delicate touch. And Monty was so gentlemanly. And he's like, oh, and almost like a British, right? He's not British, by the way. Almost like, oh, mind my, my, my Mario Cho, Mario Chap, may mind if I uh, interrupt a little bit and give you a little, uh, you know, maybe uh, tell you about what classic liberal it is. Is now I digress. I'm joking. He didn't have a, <laughs> a liberal or a, a British accent, but you know, he's going by the moniker Monty Python, so of course you got to think of that. But anyway, Monty often and to this day by the way because i still interact on that site and i still interact with monty to this day he still defines that for people and helps people understand what the difference is between liberalism classic liberalism and leftism so i'm going to go through that so i want to first give a shout out to monty for thanking him thanking him for setting me straight and giving me the definition and the understanding that there is a huge huge difference between liberalism and leftism. So Dennis Prager wrote this article back in 2017. And again, answering this, you know, the question is, what is the difference between a leftist and a liberal? Answering this question is vital to understanding the, the crisis facing America and the West today, yet few seem to able to do it, or few seem able to do it. I agree with him on that. I, off, I offer the following as a guide. Dennis Prager, by the way, pretty smart guy. Here's the first thing to know. The two have almost nothing in common. He is Absolutely right about that. The two have almost nothing in common. On the contrary, liberalism has more, has far more in common with conservatism than it does with leftism. Let me re let me repeat that. Liberalism has far more in common with conservatism than it does with leftism. The left have appropriated the word liberal so effectively that almost everyone, liberals, leftists, and conservatives, think. They are synonymous. They do. There's so many people who think liberalism and leftism are the same thing, and they are not. And it's a very important distinction, by the way. Uh, so he goes into some important examples. Race. This is perhaps the most obvious of the many moral differences between liberalism and leftism. The essence of the liberal position on race was that the color of one's skin is insignificant. To liberals of a generation ago, only racists believe that race is intrinsic. In 
is significant. Let's put it that way. However, to the left, the notion that race is insignificant is itself racist. So did you catch that part? Only leftists believe that if you believe race is insignificant and it, it, race shouldn't matter, then you are racist. The left, the notion, the left is, if, you're, if you think race is insignificant, you're a racist. That's the left. Thus, the University of California officially regards the statement, there is only one race, the human race, as racist. That's leftist behavior, ladies and gentlemen. So capitalism, liberals have always been pro-capitalism, recognizing it for what it is, the only economic means of lifting great numbers out of poverty. And he is absolutely correct. I challenge any of you leftists, and I won't get any of you on my podcast. I'll get you on the YouTube video of this. Uh, you're gonna, In the comments, I challenge you. I challenge you to tell me what other economic system besides capitalism has brought more people out of poverty. It hasn't been socialism. It hasn't been communism. You, what, what other system in the history of mankind has brought more people out of poverty than capitalism? There is none. You can't find it. You'll say some kind of platitude, I'm sure, in the comments, but you'll never, ever, ever, ever give me an example because there is none. Liberals did often view government as able to play a bigger role in lifting people out of poverty than conservatives, but they were never opposed to capitalism, and they were never for socialism. Opposition to capitalism and advocacy of socialism are leftist values. Now, nationalism, liberals deeply believe in the nation state. Ooh, imagine that. Whether their nation was the United States, Great Britain, or France. So we're, whoa, 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 whoa. Dennis, I'm, I'm confused. I need you to help me out. You're telling me that liberals are nationalist? Wait a minute. If I was a leftist, you know what that would be? You got it. That would be racist because only nationalists, they're neo-Nazis, they're racist. Only, if you're a nationalist, you're a racist, you're a neo-Nazi, you're a white supremacist. And that's how they think. You know, the, the left has always, this is from Dennis Prager, the left has always opposed nationalism because leftism is rooted in class solidarity, not national solidarity. The left has contempt for nationalism, seeing it, in it, intellectual and moral primitivism, primitivism, I don't know why I can't get this word, primitivism, there you go, got it, at best, and the road to fascism at worst. So the left opposes nationalism because it's rooted in class solidarity, not national solidarity. So you can't have different classes because that's racist. That's white supremacies. From the article, liberals always wanted to protect American sovereignty and its borders. The notion of open borders would have struck a liberal as just as objectionable, objectionable as it does a conservative. Interesting, right? And now, by the way, my, my friend, my very good friend uh, on Right Nation, Monty, this is what he believes. The liberalism definitions here, this is what he espouses all the time. I mean, he goes on and gives more and more examples, but I think you get the point. Um, liberals believe in um, na our nation, you know, whether the nation they live in, they, uh, they, they believe in protecting the borders. Um, they believe that there should be a colorblind society. By the way, I don't believe we should be a colorblind society. I, I, I really don't like when I hear people say, I, I don't see race, I don't see color. Well, if you don't see color, by the way, then you're missing who that person is, whether they're black, white, Latino, 
uh, Asian, it doesn't matter. I see they're gonna, if they're black, I see that they're black. I recognize that they're black and I accept it, celebrate it because I don't want to ignore it. And, I'm, and this is just my nuance, by the way, that if you're black, you're black. If I'm white, I'm white. If I'm, you're white, you're white. If I'm black, I'm black. It doesn't matter to me. Now, I get where liberals say race doesn't matter and, and they're right and they, they're, they're, they're morally right, but I don't want to see a colorblind society. I want to see the diversity that is our society and I want to celebrate it and embrace it. So, but that's, you know, I digress. Um, from Dennis Prager's piece, to the left, America is essentially a racist, sexist, violent, homophobic, xenophobic, and Islamophobic country. The, le the left around the world loathe America, and it is hard to imagine why the American left would differ in this one way from fellow left leftists around the world. Leftists often take offense at having their love of America doubted, but those left-wing descriptions of America are not the only reason to assume that the left has more contempt than love for America. The left's view of America was encapsulated in then-presidential candidate Barack Obama's statement in 2008. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America, he said. Now, if you were to meet a man, this is all from Dennis Prager's article. Now, if you were to meet a man who said that he wanted to fundamentally transform his wife or a woman who said that about her husband, would you assume that either loved their spouse? Of course not. Of course not. And Barack Obama did that. He wanted to fundamentally change America. This is in his first race. What is that, 2008? He comes on the scene. He wants to fundamentally change America. Why? Oh, because he was a leftist. That's why. He looked at America as racist, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic. And he wanted to fundamentally change it because he didn't love America. That is the left. Now, from Dennis Prager's article, free speech. The difference between the left and liberals regarding free speech is as dramatic as the difference regarding race. No one was more committed than American liberals to the famous statement, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend it to the death your right to say it. Liberals still are, but the left is leading the first national suppression of free speech in American history from the universities to Google to almost every other institution and place to work. Prager wrote this in 2017, and look at what's going on right now in big tech. Fast forward these three years, and the tech, the tech social media giants are doing exactly what he is explaining what leftists are. The left doesn't want free speech. Classic liberals want free speech. The left is not for free speech. A couple other pieces here from Dennis Prager's article, and then I'm going to move on. The most revered liberal in American history is probably former President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who frequently cited the need to protect not just Western civilization, but Christian civilization. You left, yet leftists unanimously denounced President Donald Trump for his speech in Warsaw, Poland, in which he spoke of protecting, wait for it, Western civilization. They argued not only that Western civilization is not superior to any other civilization, but also that it is no more than a euphemism for white supremacy. The left are crazy. I mean, they are absolutely out to lunch. The left are the problems. Now, I'm going to switch to a different article. This one's from American Thinker, and the title of this one is What Leftists Stand For. I mean, I think this, the difference between a liberal and a leftist is stark. Liberals 
are more for freedom, individual rights. They believe in individualism. They believe in whatever nation it is they live in, nationalism. Like if they're Americans, they believe in America. But you know what? They, they do understand people need a helping hand. The classic liberal is not your today's Democrat Party. And I'm going to go over that in a bit uh, on today's show. But <clears throat> it's so important to understand that when we call the modern day Democrat a liberal, you're actually paying them a compliment they do not deserve. They are not liberals. They are leftists. From the American Thinker article, they have a long list here. And all of this, by the way, I'll put Prager's um, article in my show notes, and I'll put this one in the show notes as well as some other um, articles that I reference throughout this show or this episode. But um, they have a long list of leftists. Uh, they have the 56 bullets. I'm going to go through a, full of the, a few of these bullets just to give you an idea of um, the leftists. Now, American thinker goes pretty far on this and they basically flat out call leftist evil. He goes, here, here are some of the evils perpetrated or supported by large number of leftists so you can convince those Democrat voters to switch sides. This was the purpose of their article is because there are, and it, it really makes a lot of sense, there are a lot of people who vote for Democrats thinking they are voting for liberals when they are not. They are voting for leftists. And leftism is bad. It's wrong for the nation. And, you know, American thinker calls him evil. And, you know, I'm hesitant to go there, but I almost, I, you know, it's hard not to. Let me put it that way. It's hard not to go there. It's hard not to put the moniker evil attached to what is today's modern leftist because of their beliefs and their ideologies right now. They are absolutely detrimental to society, to human nature, to Americans, to what this nation was founded on. Leftists are dangerous. So if they're dangerous to the nation, if they're dangerous to you and me, it's pretty easy to label them as evil, right? But let me go through some of the lists from uh, American Thinker here. Number one, and I won't go through all of them. I'll just go through some of them. Uh, and I'll just pick them at random. I won't, I'm going to read them without even reading before I tell you this, and we'll just kind of digress or digest it all. Uh, number one is they support the right of the British government to use force to prevent parents from taking their child to see doctors who might be able to save their child's life if the British courts decides that it is in the best interest of the child to die. This is from a story a number of years ago. And by the way, this article is from April 28, 2017. There was a story a number of years ago where there was this child in Britain that um, was flown to another country that potentially would have saved the child's life. And the British government stepped in to stop it and said the child should die. Leftists were okay with that. It's inherently evil. The parents, by the way, it was coming out of their pocket. It wasn't coming out of the British, what is it, NHH, whatever their healthcare system is. It wasn't coming out of their pocket. The parents were paying for it. In fact, the, uh, there were other donors that were paying for this. They were paying for the flight. They were paying for everything. The British government was paying for nothing, but yet the British government stepped in and stopped it and said the child should die. If that's not evil, I don't know what is. <clears throat> They support killing the unborn who can feel pain by literally cutting them to pieces, but they demand prison time for someone who mistreats animals. 
That's a true statement. If you don't know what abortion is, and I'm not going to get into the gruesome details of it, look it up. It is gruesome. And if you don't think the child can feel pain, look it up. They can. And if you don't think it's a child, you're a leftist. They want to kill unborn babies with Down syndrome. They do. They do. They want to kill the elderly who no longer, who is no longer a benefit to society in the minds of leftists. Um, Romuel Emanuel, Rahm Emanuel, who is Barack Obama's former chief of staff, his brother, Ezekiel Emanuel, is a doctor, actually advocated for this. He advocated for uh, people when they reach a certain age to euthanize them because they are no longer a benefit to society. Uh, look it up. I'm not going to bring it up now. I'm not going to put it in the show notes. Look it up. And he actually advocated euthanasia for the elderly who are no longer a benefit to society. If that's not evil, I don't know what is. Uh, they spend their money on themselves by having fewer children and condemn those who have more kids, even when they pay for them. They don't care that black women are three times more likely to abort a white to abort as white women. And that one sticks in my craw with the left. Abortion in the black community. That one just pisses me off because they have aborted more black babies than uh, all other babies combined. Planned Parenthood is an inherently evil evil organization, a leftist organization. Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood, started it to eradicate the black race and the undesirables, such as those with Down syndrome. Evil. Pure evil. That is the modern day left. Uh, they declare giving inner city black parents the choice of sending their, or they declare that giving the inner city black parents the choice of sending their kids to school where they will get a good education is racist. You can't have school choice. It's racist. So parents can't decide. I'm jumping around here, by the way. They refuse to accept any election results that doesn't favor them. Nancy Pelosi just said, I believe it was on either Wednesday uh, the 29th or Tuesday the 28th of October that Donald Trump needs to accept the election results like a man. The election's not over. Now, Nancy Pelosi will accept the election results like a bitch. She will not accept it. If Donald Trump is to win the election, you think she's going to accept it? Please. They're such hypocrites. They do refuse to accept it. Look at the smug looks on their face when Donald Trump actually won. There's a famous picture out there of all the Obama's White House staff uh, outside of the White House, and they all had this just you know, smug look on their face, angry look on their face. They were all so disappointed. They didn't accept the election results. They don't accept them. They just don't. Um, they can't win elections, so they import immigrants and illegal aliens who will vote for them. We've seen that time and time. Um, they work hard to keep the military folks in the mil in, from voting. Again, I'm just jumping around this list of 56. It's too much to go through the whole thing. They believe that our rights flow from government and that the government can change our rights as it see fit. They do. They believe, they worship at the altar of government. They do not think your rights come from God. They think your rights come from government. Well, that's communism. Your rights do not come from government. Our founding fathers ensured that in the Constitution. And thank God that they did. 
they, this, they, they, they support discrimination against whites based on their race, so long as leftist kids aren't discriminated against. Hypocrites they are. They believe that if the president is a leftist, he can ignore the Constitution, but if he is a conservative, he can be prevented from doing anything leftist judges don't personally like. Mm-hmm. So true. Uh, They believe the Constitution is whatever they want it to be, and they directly reject the idea that it should be interpreted in light of the intent of those who wrote and ratified it. Uh, They believe that using violence to shut down free speech is perfectly fine so long as they they disagree with the speech. And you know what? That piece right there, that bullet, you go as far back in um, the, oh, gosh, 40s, 50s, 60s, the the Democrat Party used the KKK. And this is even in the 30s and 20s, actually in the early 1900s. Actually, goes pretty far back. Today, they use BLM and Antifa. They don't believe in free speech. They believe that free speech they don't like is not protected by the First Amendment, but that pornography is. They use shooting of white kids by nutcases that their policies have left running free to attempt to disarm the people and repeal the Second Amendment while rejecting policies that would actually have a chance to saving lives. They want to just take guns away from everybody and they want to use these mass shootings, which, by the way, haven't had one of those in a while, have we? They believe leftists like Comey, McCabe, Lynch, and Hillary are above the law. Tell me you don't believe that one. You don't. You do. I mean, Comey broke the law. McKay broke the law. Lynch broke the law. Hillary, how many times does she have to break the law? They'll never go to prison. They'll never be held accountable. And you know what? I don't care if they're held accountable. I just want them away. I want them gone. Uh, they believe that Trump is guilty and proven, until proven innocent, and Democrats are innocent and after proven guilty. So true. So true. Uh, they deny that settled science. They deny the settled science that there are two sexes, and that one sex is determined by one's DNA. They demand that Christians change their religious beliefs to conform to leftist hedonism. And I, I mean, it goes on and on. There's so many of these, and and you, it just, it, it you know, it, it, you can argue them as much as you want. But they ring true. I can give you a lot of cases where they ring true. And I know you leftists are going to say, oh, you're not you know, showing any of those. Yeah, well, we don't have time for that. But let's move on. Let's go. Uh, what is the classic liberalism uh, definition uh, of classic li- liberalism? Classic liberalism is a political and economic ideology that advocates the protection of civil liberties and laissez-faire economic freedom by limiting the power of the central government. Do you see that in today's modern Democrats? No, you don't. Here's what you see. Uh, Leftists, the definition of leftism or leftists. Socialists and communists are sometimes referred to as leftists. If you describe someone, their ideals or their activities as leftists, you mean that they support the ideas of socialism or communism. That's where you see Leftist. Here's another one. The urban definition of leftist, a person belonging to the political left and usually identifying with the radical anti-capitalist or revolutionary sectors of left politics, including anarchists, Marxists, communists, socialists, and all other explicitly radical left ideologies. If that doesn't define the modern day 
Democrat. I don't know what does. And then this from CNN Politics. God, this is by Chris Saliza, I'm surprised to say. From October 24, 2019, the, half of Americans think the Democrat Party has moved too far left. There's zero question that President Donald Trump has moved the Republican Party to the right. Actually, that's, you know, there is some question of that. But actually, he has. He's been pretty right. He's been right of center, I should say. Tonality and on things that Im like immigration policy over the past few years, what is less well covered is how far Democrats have tacked to the left in recent years and how there appears to be some level of, um, of, uh, level of unhappiness within the American electorate about the liberalness of the opposition party, that would be the Democrats. Almost six in 10 men, 57% say Democrats have moved too far to the left, as do 55% of whites with a college degree. Whites, generally speaking, are much more likely to say the party has moved, moved too far left, 53% as compared to Hispanics, 33% blacks, 17%. Ask whether the Democrat party has moved too far to the left, too far to the right, or would you say the Democrat party hasn't moved too far in either direction? Nearly half, 47% of respondents say that the party has moved too far left. Ask that same question of the Republican Party, and just 37% said it's moved too far to the right. Now, you look at the Democrats today. In 2016, Bernie Sanders ran as the Democratic candidate for president. Uh, and in 2020, he did the same. And he's registered independent. He changes his party um, when he runs for president. He's listed as an independent, but he's a socialist. I mean, he's a socialist. And we all know Bernie Sanders is a socialist. But you know what? He's not as far left. He's not the farthest left on in the Senate. There are 100 senators, and he's ranked 99. I'll tell you who 100 is later. Some of you may already know this, and some of you may be guessing this. But Sanders is so far to the left, he ranks 99 out of 100. And he ran for the presidency twice under the Democratic nominee. nominee. He wanted to be the Democrat president of the United States. And both times he came pretty class, but he lost. Now, 538, if you're not familiar with 538, it's ran by Nate Silver. He's a far left radical as well. And he, he was a pollster. He did polling in sports. He had this mythology that worked really well. He applied it to politics. It worked really well. His polling sucks, by the way. He's, he's not right most of the time. And most of the time, he's way off. But, you know, he's still given a platform because the media is leftist as well. So they give him this platform. So Bernie Sanders lost both times. Why did he lose? Now, 538, they give him, here, here's their reason why Bernie Sanders lost. There's a simple explanation for why Bernie Sanders, who officially suspended his presidential campaign on Wednesday. Now, again, this is back in um, the... Um, this was April of 8th of 2020. So this is from his last election. Officially, so this is an old article. Uh, a suspended presidential campaign on Wednesday. Lost the Democratic nomination. Former Vice President Joe Biden trounced the former the Vermont senator when the race narrowed to a one-on-one -on -one contest after Super Tuesday. It goes on to try to say that, well, Bernie lost because Biden was better. But in 2016... The DNC, this is from Political Insider, DNC admits they stole the election from Bernie. Earlier this year, WikiLeaks exposed the Democratic primary was rigged in favor of Hillary Clinton, leaked DNC emails, revealed top DNC officials were supportive of Ms. Clinton and made sure it was not, it was difficult, but if not impossible for Senator Bernie Sanders to ever win his party nomination. Now, why did they do that? 
now here's another uh, outlet. The US, USASupreme.com said the same thing. This is an article written October 17, 2016. DNC admits they stole the election from Bernie Sanders. Now, why did they do that? Because he's so far to the left. They knew. They knew if he won the nomination, he wouldn't win. They were fearful of it because he was so far to the left. Even the Democrat Party was scared of him. But you know what? They couldn't do anything about it. Why couldn't they do anything about it? I mean, as far as preventing him from running, how did he get so far? That's really the question you have to ask. How did Bernie Sanders both times get almost to the brass ring of the nomination? I mean, he got so close. He stayed in the race both times, almost till the end. Now, why? Now, you know, there, there's speculation that he got a house, he got a car, he was bought off in 2016, we don't know, in 2020, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the issue here. The issue is how... And why did he get so close? And why did the Democrat Party placate him for so long? Why didn't they just shut him down? One is the Democrat Party is pretty far left. Two is his base is huge. And they didn't want to upset his base. Because if they upset his base, they would lose voters. And they needed those voters. So they had to placate Bernie because they wanted all those Bernie bros to come along. And there's a lot of stories out there that in 2016, those Bernie bros were pretty upset that the DNC stole this from Bernie Sanders. And some of them sat it out. Some of them even voted for Trump, it's reported. So the, the Democrat Party, they're in quite a pickle. It's quite the conundrum, right? Is they got this far left base out there. They have to placate to them. And, but Bernie was way too radical. So they couldn't, they don't want Bernie. Bernie's old. They don't want Bernie, but they got somebody more liberal than Bernie. We'll get into that in a minute too. So the far left, here's an article, uh, March 24th, 2019, out of the New York Post. You know, the leftist favorite newspaper. I'm joking, of course. The, the far left has taken over the Democrat Party. The extreme left's takeover of the Democrat Party is proceeding with breathtaking speed. The party's shift leftward has been obvious from some time, but it's come to the point where those who have guided the le and led the party's success over the last 25 years are treated like outcasts. Every former or even former President Barack Obama, once the epitome of a new generation of Democrats, is vilified by today's left as having been overly cautious and inconsequential. Now, I told you how or who leftists are and what they believe. Look at it now, the Democrat Party. They're being pushed to the left. The leftists are taking over. So today's Democratic heroes are people like Bernie Sanders, who joins the party every four years only so he can try to become its leader. And with no loyalty to other Democrats either, witness his hiring last week of Twitter attack dog David Sirota, who'd been ruthlessly trolling Sanders' opponents online without revealing that he was working unofficially for the Vermont Socialist. Bernie doesn't care about the Democrat Party. Bernie's so far to the left. He wants to take over the Democratic Party. And they go on to talk about Nancy Pelosi, who's also going far left, and AOC. Now, Snopes, you know, they're a far left. Let's talk about AOC. AOC, it's been said, was an actress that came on the scene. Well, she wasn't an actress, but a lot of people, what they did is they painted her as she auditioned for the role. So Snopes comes out and 
you know, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez is an actress playing at a congression, congresswoman to push the agenda of justice Democrats. That was what the charge was. And Snopes comes out and says it's false and goes on to say, well, she wasn't an actress. She was a bartender. But she auditioned for this, ladies and gentlemen. She did audition for this. Um, what she did, here, here is, here's the squad. Let me explain the squad. And again, the reason I'm doing this is to show you those far-left radicals. The squad auditioned people. So that's why people are saying they're actors and actresses because, I mean, they weren't, but that's what they were using, that euphemism, if you will. They auditioned people, and the squad came from a group called Justice Democrats. And Justice Democrats, their mission, we need a Democratic Party that fights for its voters, not big corporate donors. Our goal is to build a mission-driven caucus in Congress by electing more leaders like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Jamal Bowman, who will represent our communities in Congress and fight for bold, progressive solutions to our current crisis. And they, who we are, Justice Democrats is a federal pol political action committee the PAC uses donation money to hire staff who recruit and train, blah, blah, blah. But what they are for is universal health care and all of those leftist dogma things. And they want, they want socialism. Now, they're not saying socialism, but they want to cancel student debt, fair trade, which we have under what Trump has done, a federal jobs guarantee. They want a federal jobs guarantee. The Green New Deal, medical for all, tax the rich, expand Social Security, free public college and trade school, and secure a living wage. Does that sound like classic liberalism? No. That's leftism and leftism and leftism. So the squad comes from a group called the Progressive Democrats. They were auditioned. In fact, going back to AOC, her brother is the one who suggested that she do this and she auditioned. And what they're doing is they were finding people like AOC, uh, um, Ilhan Omar, and what they're doing, they're picking people for certain races that they believe they can put in front of everybody and win. And they put a lot up and a few have won, but they are leftists. Look at their agenda. Cancel student debt, fair trade, federal jobs guarantee, Green New Deal, Medicare for all, tax the rich, expand Social Security, free public college and trade, secure a living wage. Leftist dogma right there. And they have at least, what, six members right now? The squad are hard core leftists. Here's AOC's platform, Medicare for all, housing is a human right, real public safety, honor and immigration, a just recovery for Puerto Rico, elevate public education. Sounds nice and squishy, doesn't it? It's all leftists. And then you look at the leadership in the Democrat Party, like Chuck Schumer. Let's just take Chuck Schumer. He, Chuck Schumer says, Senate Democrats are open to single-payer health care. Single-payer health care is a leftist ideal. Chuck Schumer is the leader, the minority leader in the Senate for the Democrats. So let's fast forward. Joe Biden is running for the president of the United States on a Democrat ticket. His vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, most likely will become the president if Joe Biden is elected probably within two years. Kamala Harris scored as the most liberal, and they use the word liberal, but really is leftist, U.S. senator in 2019. She is more left than Bernie Sanders. She scored 100 out of 100 senators as the most liberal senator. Now, uh, switch the name liberal to leftist. The most leftist senator 
in the Senate is the vice presidential running mate for Joe Biden. Kamala Harris, here's where she stands. Police and race. Ms. Harris, the only black woman in the U.S. Senate, is broadly aligned with the rest of her party in supporting law enforcement reforms. And we saw what that is, defunding, but defunding police and all that. And she says they don't want to do that, but you know what it is. Health. Ms. Harris, shifting opinion on this issue, damaged her presidential campaign. She was one of the first top Democrats to join Senator Bernie Sanders' 2017 Medicare for All bill to provide government-run medical insurance for every American. Medicare for all. Climate change. She was a co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. Gun control. During her White House bid, Ms. Harris promised to use executive action to enact stricter gun control if she became president. Does this sound like a liberal or does this sound like a leftist? There's more, but I won't get into it. Kamala Harris, who's running for vice president of the United States under the Democrat ticket, with Joe Biden. And recently, Joe Biden just said, I want you all to meet my, my uh, running mate. Now, that indicates that she's at the top of the ticket. And he says, y'all think I'm cr- kidding, don't you? <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, Ber- um, Kamala Harris is a leftist. And Joe Biden selected her as his running mate. And I, I didn't even get into him, but, you know, he's corrupt. He's in it for the money. She's in it for the power. You decide if that's something you think is right for this country. And you people that are watching this, the leftists or listening to this, you leftists, challenge it. I dare you. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Tell me how I'm wrong. Tell me how modern day Democrats are not leftists. Tell me where all the classic liberals are. The last classic liberal I can remember as a politician is Zell Miller in the state of Georgia. He was governor of Georgia. He, when I moved to Georgia, he was the governor. He's the last, I mean, there's a, a, lib, a classic liberal that's often referred to from the past, Scoop Jackson, but Zell Miller was probably the last one I can remember in an elevated or a, a power position in politics. I don't remember. I haven't, I don't recall recent memory, a classic liberal being elected. Now, I bet you if I look at some Republicans, I'll find some, but all I find when I look at Democrats or leftists. Is that who we want running our nation? Leftists, socialists, and communists are sometimes referred to as leftists. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. I hope, I hope this helps some people kind of understand the difference between leftism and liberalism. Yeah, that's why I don't refer to the Democrats as liberals. I refer to them as leftists. So I hope that gives you some idea for that. I know this was a bit long. Thank you for sticking with me. And again, you look at the big tech social media giants. They are leftists. They want to suppress your speech. They want to suppress my speech. They want to suppress our speech. And you can help in several ways. One is by, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or uh, iTunes, uh, subscribe and give us a five-star rating that helps move us up in the algorithm. They can do nothing about it. And please go to our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. But if not, go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Again, that moves us up in the algorithms. And give me comments on the YouTube channel. Also helps move it up in the algorithm. We can fight big tech and keep this voice alive because it will come to pass. Donald J. Trump needs to be elected president. The Republicans need to retain the Senate. And I've mentioned this on a previous podcast. Go and listen to it. The Democrats need to get the House, keep the House, so we can see them 
frothing at the mouth for the next two years and vote him out of office 2022. Thank you for, again for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast. Woody thanks you. I thank you. 